on June 3rd, 2020, I recorded an interlude episode and it was titled, I'm Tired of Speaking Up. And it was in response to the initial wave of people on social media demanding that their favorite celebrities and entertainers, uh, athletes, corporations all speak up in light of the latest killing of an unarmed American of African descent, George Floyd, Ahmaud Marbury, or I'm sorry, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor, amongst many others over the years. Uh, but those were the latest three that have garnered the, the recent protests that have been going on for almost three weeks now. So my initial response was what you all heard on June 3rd, because again, as I've stated, this is not anything new. I've been aware of police brutality and the, the police killings as well as you know vigilante killings of Americans of African descent in this country, you know, since the inception. And as a, as a young person growing up, growing up in inner city West Philly, I witnessed it, I heard the stories. Uh, this is very normal, you know, in, in communities like I grew up in. Uh, so, and then as an adult, you know, 24, after 2014, with Mike, uh, Mike Brown and shortly before that Trayvon Martin um, as those things came into the national you know onto the national scene and reforms were promised and changes were supposed to be made and then in 2016 we have Philando Castile and Alton Sterling come into the mainstream um, and again you know body cameras and all types of reforms were promised and were supposed to be the solution and then here we are again in 2020 and dealing with the same thing on the national stage. And for me, what you all heard was just the exhaustion of a narrative that has been, you know, prominent throughout my entire life and changes and promises of changes that have been prominent throughout or, or, or present throughout my life. And for me, not really seeing not really seeing any, you know, fundamental change that I knew would lead to, a, you know, the, the, the difference that people, uh, that we really need to see. So that episode, you all heard my, my raw, you know, feelings and, and at that time. And in addition to when you layer on that, my understanding of systems, um, you know, it just felt like, eh, this is just lip service and we're not we're not changing things at the root so we'll continue to have these problems and I still have some feelings about the root of all of this that I'll share in a little while but what I want to state right now is that this does feel different and more importantly it is different and I began to realize that several days after recording that initial interlude episode on June 3rd I began to realize that this is really different I've never seen a response in the way that I'm seeing in the present to this these issues 
And it's like the momentum of the previous Black Lives Matter movement rallies um, that started in, you know, uh, 2016. Well, I'm sorry, after 2014 with uh, Fer and Ferguson, after Ferguson, Mike Brown and Ferguson, uh, the momentum of that, it, it carried over into 2020 and it's, it's reverberating throughout the world. And I was moved emotionally as I continued to follow on social media, as people continue to post what's happening throughout the world and the solidarity that's happening throughout the world. I was moved and my perspective shifted on seeing the corporations taking a stand and just understanding the gravity of this moment that we're at a point that the that corporations felt obligated to speak up which in the past they could just move on and ignore these things and let them stay in the social realm and separate the social from the from the business world but to see those two worlds intersect because of the work of activists over the years and because of the impact of the black lives matter movement is extremely powerful to me to see and witness so many corporations explicitly say that black lives matter is extremely moving to me and one of the things that really shifted that aided in that shift for me is that a friend of mine who is an american male of european descent reached out to me and asked me to be a guest on his podcast and he felt called to use his platform to talk about the the current climate and it's not something that he had ever done it's not something that he quite frankly needed to do as in the past based on you know um, his privilege as being a male of european descent in america he could have kept his head down and focused on building business and you know, appealing to those people who are still focused on building their businesses uh, because he's a trainer and, and, and helping people build uh, businesses online at home. And he's very successful at it. And his market is primarily people of European descent. And it's easy for them to close their eyes to this if they chose to. But the fact that he felt called to, because of the climate, he felt called in a way that he had never been in the past, and this is based on his own words, it, it, it helped to shift my perspective on what I'm seeing in the moment. And one of the things that, that really helped to do that, that he shared was that when he decided that he was gonna speak on this, he had to get, then get educated. So what did he do? He said that for one, he listened to my interlude, my previous interlude episode. Uh, because he knows this is what I do. He knows my heart. I'm someone that he trusts. So he decided to plug into what I do and what I'm sorry, the content that I put out. In addition to that, he read some articles about what happened to George Floyd. He also watched the entire nine minute video of the killing of George Floyd. 
and he said that that moved him emotionally and it struck it, it sparked something in him to help him gain a level of empathy that he had never tapped into or never allowed himself to awaken to and his wife was a catalyst for that he shared that his wife was a catalyst for that because she asked him was he going to address it was he going to speak up and you know he was very transparent and vulnerable during that podcast episode with myself and two other um, individuals for the panel that he convened to have that dialogue and that was something that I didn't consider in my previous thought process is that most of the people who are speaking up if they are also doing what my friend Bob did and taking the time to really lean in and allow themselves to feel and experience the raw reality of what people like myself have been experiencing and living through and enduring emotionally and psychologically for our entire lives if more and more people have to choose to lean in in that way that that's meaningful to me and there they can't help but be to be changed in some way their level of tolerance their level of empathy to be to be moved in some way in the direction of justice and liberation even if it's a little bit it's something and it feels like in this moment a lot more people have been influenced to lean in and be act and to be impacted in some small way and to me that's meaningful because i understand that change is fractal Every change matters. Every little bit of change matters in the direction of liberation and justice for all. So in this moment, I wanted to record this episode just to say that I was wrong when I said nothing's going to change in that previous in the previous episode. Because things have changed. And the biggest change that is really, really, really blowing my mind and I cannot believe that it's happening is the prison abolition and police abolition movement. And I state prison abolition first because police abolition, AKA defunding the police is a part of the greater prison abolition movement that has been going on since the 1980s. I know that I myself was not aware of prison abolition as a movement until probably within the last five years. Within the last three to five years, I wasn't aware of that language. I wasn't aware that that was happening. But I've since become aware as I continue to do my anti-oppression work I've, I, I've came, I became aware of that. And as I looked a little deeper, I know that that movement has been going on since the 1980s and people have been literally speaking about it to some degree since the 1960s, based on what I could find. Angela Davis, a very prominent 
abolitionists and activists has been speaking about it since she was in the uh, mainstream media with her case and her you know her story if you don't know it look up Angela Davis the activist and learn about her story and how she was on literally on trial for murder and she beat it all and now she is an activist and a, 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 a academic um, you know a teacher at a university professor at a university uh, but she's she's a very prominent prison abolitionist and she created an organization in the 1980s uh, for prison prison abolition and it's been building momentum ever since then and the conversation about defunding police would not have happened if that work didn't start way back then if the foundation for that work if the foundation for imagining alternatives didn't start way back then and if those alternatives hadn't been start hadn't been again experimented on and being put into place back in the 1980s we wouldn't have cities like Minneapolis vowing to defund their police, to uh, disband their de police department and move towards alternatives. We've, ha we've seen in the last week, three major municipalities in California, including San Francisco, announced some very radical police reform initiatives. In San Francisco, they're no longer gonna send police out for non-criminal uh, disputes. They're going to send out professionals, mediators, to deal with non-criminal disputes. They're not going to send out armed police officers, which is very much so common sense. But there's more that needs to be done, but <clears throat> that's a start. <clears throat> and here's what I can tell you all. It's not going to stop here. It's going to continue. Because history shows us that once the momentum of these things get going, it always moves in the direction of liberation, equity, and justice for all. Yeah, it moves slowly. Yeah, it's very frustrating. But it is moving in, di in that direction and it has been for a very long time. And... That's really the premise behind this entire podcast is to provide people with hope and to and also to provide people with the resources and the references that these things are already happening. Power over and control, patriarchy, the the negative aspects of religion, ownership, systemic racism, education. They're already holistic and equitable and solutions and alternatives rooted in unconditional love and social and environmental sustainability that activists and sustainability well sustainability activists as well as all other types of activists have been experimenting with and putting into uh, action putting action into those changes and living those changes it's been happening for decades. We just haven't reached the tipping point yet. And that's why I provide my voice in the way that I do to help illuminate that work. So I just wanted to jump on and share with you all that this is a major shift, a major shift. The fact that a city in the United States of America has vowed 
to disband police it's happening y'all it's really happening and it's not gonna stop we are gonna see the abolition of policing and prisons sooner than any of us would have imagined until next time thanks for listening I love y'all peace Thank you.